2: It's Tuesday, January 28th. I'm Gideon Resnick.
1: And I'm Aaron Ryan, filling in for Akilah Hughes.
2: And this is What a Day, a podcast that takes place in an alternate universe where Trump was impeached for standing like a bent tree.
1: Your Honor, that man's posture is an obstruction of justice.
2: Mr. Trump is on tilt. <laughs> Aaron.
1: Hi, Gideon. How's it's going? it's Thank you for summoning me from my chamber for a few extra hours of sunlight today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, doctors recommend at least two, and you're knocking out 20 right here, so <laughs> it's good. Uh, thanks for co-hosting this week. For those who don't know, Aaron hosts another Crooked Pod, Hysteria, and is an occasional Pod Save America panelist as well. Also, this is the second job we've worked at together, and I cannot wait for the third, Mike Bloomberg's White House.
1: I am really glad to be here, Gideon, and I cannot wait be there.
2: Live in the moment, but wait for the Michael is the phrase that everyone (laughs) says. Uh, On today's show, pressure mounts for former National Security Advisor John Bolton to testify at Trump's impeachment trial. The Supreme Court allows the Trump administration to begin implementing its public charge immigration rule. We'll explain what that means. And then, as always, some headlines.
1: President Trump's legal team presented their defense in the Senate impeachment trial on Monday and left out the most recent elephant or In this case, Walrus of War. Can Mm. we call him a Walrus of War? Yeah, let it rip. Okay. Walrus of War in the room. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton reportedly wrote in his forthcoming book that Trump told him that he wanted to continue freezing military aid to Ukraine until the country helped with investigations into the Bidens, which is quite literally what Trump is being accused of in the trial. Now... Now that I've talked about the book, I just want to remind everybody listening, you don't have to buy John Bolton's book. In fact, you should not buy John Bolton's book. Do not give John Bolton money.
2: At best, you know, we'll get the other excerpts and then we'll do other episodes that are on each excerpt. Go
1: on tour and download, a pirate a copy of it like it's an episode of Girls.
2: Yeah. That's that's what I was planning to do anyway. So the latest reporting also on what Bolton wrote in his book is that he was concerned that Trump was offering favors to the leaders of Turkey and China, that the pattern that has sort of emerged about Trump and the way that he behaves with other world leaders was not restricted to just Ukraine. And Bolton also says that uh, he told Attorney General Bill Barr about those concerns at the time. And all this news is arriving just days before senators will be voting on whether to hear from more witnesses like Bolton, who has yet to testify, even though he said he'd be willing to if subpoenaed by the Senate. There are 47 Democrats in the Senate, and they only need a simple majority to start the process of calling in new witnesses. So if the math checks out, they got to convince four Republicans
1: or Republicans. OK, so I'm guessing those four Republicans will be pestilence, war, Famine and the fourth one, Mitt Romney.
2: Yes, that is exactly what the four are. Just his name. It's kind of unclear if that is going to happen, but here is what we know about the thinking of some of the important senators on this at the moment. Aaron, I see you are wearing a shirt with a big picture of Susan Collins' face on it. So, do you want to start by talking about what Collins said? <laughs>
1: okay, guys, uh, Gideon is lying. He is lying to you. I'm wearing a shirt with a giant picture of Snoopy on it, and Wrong. Snoopy Snoopy doesn't even look like a person. Much less Susan Collins.
2: I think that's mean to Snoopy and Susan Collins, frankly.
1: Okay, well, Collins said that she's still likely to be inclined to call witnesses as she did in Bill Clinton's impeachment trial. And, quote, reports about John Bolton's book strengthen the case for witnesses. Again, Susan Collins is not reading the book. She's just relying on reports like you should. Yes. Do not buy John Bolton's book.
2: Everyone is cliff noting it. Okay. Uh, you would think that, that that is the case, that, you know, his book would strengthen the case for hearing from him and, and others. But uh, then there's Never Trump White Knight, Senator Mitt Romney. Here is a clip from him following the Bolton news.
0: I've said for some time that I hope to be able to hear from John Bolton. I think with a story that came out uh, yesterday, it's increasingly apparent that it would be important to hear from John Bolton. Uh, I, I, of course, will make a final decision on witnesses after we've heard from not only the prosecution but also the defense. But I think at this stage, it's pretty fair to say that uh, John Bolton has a uh, relevant uh, testimony to provide to those of us who are sitting in impartial justice.
2: Romney went on to say that based on his conversations with other Republican senators, that it seemed likely the votes would be there to call Bolton to testify. So I just
1: want to take a moment to thank the brave Mitt Romney once again for his invisible sacrifice. Yeah, just brave man.
2: He's a bold man who describes everything like paint drying. Um, All right. So who else, you know? Is thinking differently than now. Who who else grew a spine yesterday after this news came out?
1: Oh, that sounds so painful. But uh Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski said I've said before, I'm curious about what Ambassador Bolton might have to say. I'm still curious. Hmm. Okay, that's something. Yeah. And the potential fourth member of the Make Mustache Man Talk Musketeers. Ooh, that's nice. Senator Lamar Alexander said he wouldn't decide on the issue until after all the arguments and questions and answer sessions are done.
2: Okay, so that's what we know publicly about everybody, but also privately this news is apparently, you know, causing some anger. Uh Apparently, a lot of the Republican caucus was pretty pissed that this came out in the first place, trying to figure out how it came out. And that includes Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who obviously has been wanting to wrap this whole thing up by the end of this week to, you know, get this off his hands as soon as possible. Is the sense then that we think that Republicans are actually worried about how all this is playing out?
1: Uh, I think they're pretending to be worried. I think it's worry kabuki. Yeah, They're, they're pretending to be worried because it seems apparent at this point that Judging by the amount of dirt that's already come out and by the number of people that we still haven't heard from, there's probably a lot of dirt that's yet to be unearthed, so to speak. Um, But I do think Republicans realize the value in pretending that they want to know everything. Mm. I think what's interesting right now is that we have a contingent of Republicans who are insisting that not only do they want to know everything, they've always wanted to know everything. They wanted to know everything before it was cool. They're like hipsters for the truth.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think that the other thing, too— is there thinking like, how do we staunch this bleeding? Right? Like, is it is it easier for us to just say, take the poison pill of having Bolton testify? And you know, maybe that's a really bad day for us as a caucus, or we got to take the L on that. Or, you know, do we risk a quick acquittal of Trump? And then in the future, like you're saying, all this stuff continues to come out. And then people are like, looking at us in November and saying, we're kind of done with you, you know, I don't know. Um,
1: that would be nice. That would be
2: nice. Yeah, that would be nice if that's the consequence for, for what they're doing. But we live in a consequence free world, Aaron. Um, some people did apparently at the very least realize, though, that doing the constant hand waving and saying nothing to see here isn't working as a strategy. So there is this other strategy that is emerging. Republican Senator Pat Toomey is reportedly talking up a witness quid pro quo of sorts, a Bolton for Hunter Biden trade um, as a way to sort of get all the parties on board here.
1: Uh, I mean, it's sort of a weird choice for Trump supporters to want to call up Hunter Biden and draw further attention to unelected children of elected officials benefiting from their parents' position. Yeah. Seems weird. Seems like uh, not really something with an easy solution for the Trump crowd. But hey, you know, go with go with God.
2: The, the thinking goes, though, that it makes Democrats have to call someone up that they might not Want to or else, you know, let Republicans quickly acquit trump. they're They're trying to use this, you know, upper hand scenario because they have the numbers. And while some senators were trying to figure out some sort of deal like this, others were kind of saying the quiet part out loud about the impact of the entire trial and Trump's lawyers' attacks on the Bidens. Here's uh, Senator Joni Ernst.
1: Iowa caucuses, folks. Iowa caucuses are this next Monday evening. And I'm really interested to see how this discussion today informs and influences the Iowa caucus voters, those Democratic caucus goers. Will they be supporting Vice President Biden at this point? Wow, she seems uh, pretty jazzed about that. Yeah. Uh, Pretty jazzed about Joe Biden possibly suffering as a result of this yeah all
2: right well we're going to keep you updated on how all this progresses throughout the week today is day three for trump's legal team it's unclear how much time they'll actually use once they wrap up we'll move to the question and answer phase of the trial and the long-awaited witness vote could happen by thursday or friday america's got a lot on its plate climate change, national debt, pissed off Iran, Russian attempts to permanently destabilize our democracy. So it's good to see the government take on the real enemy immigrant kids whose parents might use government assistance to buy them food.
1: Yeah, great thing to focus on, guys. Uh, Today, the Supreme Court lifted an injunction blocking a Trump administration rule that restricts visas and green cards for immigrants who qualify as a so-called public charge. So this means that the government can block legal immigrants from entering or remaining in the country if the government believes that those immigrants will utilize government programs to obtain food, housing, health care, or child care.
2: So there's the obvious first thought about the trump administration and and why they are doing something like this but what is the the sort of stated rationale for why they're suddenly worried about immigrants that that would be a public charge?
1: Well, they've actually been worried Well, the government of the U.S. has actually been worried about immigrants that would be a, quote unquote, public charge for a long time. In fact, in the late 19th century, um, we first made rules about this, but it was designed to keep out immigrants from places like China, Ireland and Italy.
2: So always some level of xenophobia going on just depends on, you know, who who is being targeted and at what scale. But uh What did Trump specifically do to kind of kick this up a notch?
1: Yeah, he definitely gave it the old Trump makeover. Like he made it bigger and gaudier and tackier and uh, louder. Uh, Last year, the Department of Homeland Security tried to broaden what qualifies as a public charge. Uh, The definition that's been around for 130 years is people the government expects to permanently rely on cash benefits. But the new definition that the Trump administration proposed was uh, people who have utilized Are currently utilizing or might utilize other benefits like SNAP, Medicaid, housing assistance, etc. And remember, these people are here legally,
2: right? And but how how does the government sort of conceiving of a person in the future that might utilize public assistance? This is like a Stephen Miller minority report precog type of thing going on
1: <laughs> yeah kind of okay it, it is uh i'm glad
2: that i that i just you know conceived <laughs> you of that just came up with that own. right now yeah, yeah. but
1: instead of now now get ready for this one Gideon, okay. that i also just came up with right. instead of stopping crime miller's minority report is trying to stop actual minorities <sighs> yeah the government will now count certain factors against applicants like if they're not fluent in english they're elderly they're unemployed or if they dropped out of high school
2: So it sounds like this rule could force people to risk their legal status by applying for assistance they need or risk their safety in order to stay off DHS's radar. It's just seems terrible through and through.
1: Yeah, that's that's the right take. It's, it's terrible. Um, it's a disaster for immigrants who have disabilities or chronic illnesses. Um, it's awful for the elderly. It's really bad for families. And given how many citizens of the U.S. have a story of ancestors who came to this country penniless or not speaking a word of English and had no formal education, uh, it's pretty hypocritical.
2: Hypocritical. Like an Irish guy named Brett Kavanaugh and an Italian guy named Samuel Uh Alito,
1: Uh supporting
2: expansion of a rule that was designed to keep their ancestors out of this country.
1: Wow, good riffing, Gideon. Thank
2: you very, very (laughs) much.
1: Uh, Well, exactly. Uh, It's it's very ironic and it's very frustrating, and there's not much that we can do right now beyond hoping that a full challenge to the rule makes it all the way to the Supreme Court. By the way, this is complicated, but there are challenges to the law still kind of matriculating through the courts. Okay, And if that happens, we have to hope that on the eve of the case, John Roberts is visited by the ghosts of immigration's past, present, and future, and that he gets some compassion spooked into him.
2: Not super duper hopeful of that. But if you're like me, and you do find ghosts much too scary to discuss or even think about or even be reminded of their existence in the form of a script and uh, riffs for a show, remember that if a president is free to make rules that endanger the safety of millions of people, the only thing that we can do as voters is to never elect another person who would do anything like that.
1: Or build a time machine.
2: Or build a time machine.
1: Anybody else, 2020.
2: Those are the options.
0: They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com.
2: Let's wrap up with some headlines.
1: Headlines. Okay, for the first time ever, a graphic novel took home the Newbery Medal for the most outstanding contribution to children's literature. The comic New Kid was written and illustrated by Jerry Kraft. It tells the story of a 12-year-old boy named Jordan who enrolls in a prestigious private school where he's one of the only students of color. Kraft says the story was inspired by his sons and his own childhood. The prize signals another win for graphic novels, which are increasingly being recognized for their literary merits, and a win for kids' books, which have recently been at the forefront of diversity and inclusion. And this, Gideon, is the closest that I will ever get to fulfilling my childhood dream of recommending a book to kids on Reading Rainbow.
2: I'm so happy I'm here for this special moment. Uh, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, was called out yesterday by a federal prosecutor for not cooperating with an ongoing investigation into convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. As a refresher, Prince Andrew had a messy interview with the BBC two months ago that failed to clear up sexual assault allegations against him or his relationship with Epstein and led him to step down from his royal duties while holding onto his title. Well, shortly after that interview, the prince said he would be willing to, quote, help any appropriate law enforcement agency with their investigations. Cut to yesterday, the FBI and other prosecutors say they haven't been able to get in touch with him. He probably dropped his phone and some Earl Grey. He's he's British. It's oh, kind of, okay. It's a British tea. I, uh,
1: I mean, you tried. You tried.
2: I'll take it. That's fine. The dystopian
1: <laughs> we'll the dystopian taxi company Uber is testing out a new feature in California that will give drivers more control over their own prices, which sounds like a good idea until you realize this is just a way to keep classifying drivers as independent contractors under a new California labor law thereby denying them protections and benefits. Mm. Dang it, Uber! Foiled again. Drivers who use the price-setting feature say that when they went above Uber's rate, it was basically impossible to get riders. I mean, why would you opt for a more expensive ride? That's true. Basic economics. When the ability to go below Uber's rate comes out this week, it'll probably kick off a race to the bottom among drivers because... We're all just fighting for breadcrumb from Johnny Tech Company's big old loaf.
2: The thing I'm saying all the time.
1: Over here. Yeah, that's a common saying. New features meant to prove drivers are independent contractors are part of what Uber refers to internally as
2: Project Luigi.
1: (laughs) I may take some heat for this, but if you ask me, based on Uber's habit of playing dirty and screwing over employees, they should call it Project Waluigi, which I literally just learned is evil, scary Luigi, and that you're afraid of him.
2: I mean, you've seen him. You've now seen pictures of him. He's terrifying. I
1: don't like him. Yeah,
2: he's the devil incarnate. Uh, get, Get him out of here for good. Cancel culture struck again on Monday, this time coming for a Grand Valley State football coach who made the easy mistake of saying he wanted to have a kickback with Hitler. The Michigan College's student newspaper had asked uh, offensive coordinator Morris Berger which historical figures he'd want to eat dinner with. And Berger chose Hitler because, quote, it was obviously very sad and he had bad motives. But the way he was able to lead was second to none. I want to know how he did that. It seems like putting this quote out in the world is not the easiest way to find out how he did that. And what what was that?
1: You teach at an educational institution. There are people who can tell you how he did that.
2: This is like a. This is more of a you know pull aside a professor moment and just say.
1: Hey, how do you do that? Yeah, how did how he, did Hitler do
2: that? How, how do you do this? <laughs> All right, Grand Valley has suspended Burger and says they're conducting an investigation. Hopefully, they've already checked to make sure Burger does not own time travel technology. Burger's other picks were JFK and Christopher Columbus.
1: Uh, I don't think he's got good taste.
2: No. And those are the headlines. Quick correction before we go. Yesterday, we misstated the name of one of Kobe Bryant's daughters. Her name is Bianca Bryant. And one update to our previous reporting as well. The Lakers Clippers game we mentioned that was slated for tonight has now been postponed and will be rescheduled at a later date. that's all for today if you like the show make sure you subscribe leave a review help us displace verdict with ted cruz from the top of podcast charts and tell your friends to listen
1: by the way if you're into reading and not just one star goodreads reviews of john bolton's book like me what a day is also a nightly newsletter check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe i'm aaron ryan
2: i'm gideon resnick and And that's that's how how you spread waluigi Waluigi awareness awareness on a daily daily news podcast. podcast waluigi
1: i hate it